According to Accenture, prior to the world awakening to the threat of the COVID-19 pandemic, capital market firms were in a steady but slow progression towards the cloud. Then almost overnight, the industry turned on its head as firms rushed to mandate remote work and in the process, scrambled to make internal and external services available on the cloud. Now, the scalability, resiliency, flexibility, and accessibility of public cloud services became more attractive as firms sought to manage the uncertainty. But while public cloud services have their appeal, many in the capital markets also realize that the hybrid cloud approach offered a safer, less disruptive alternative. In this podcast for Future CIO, we speak to Ms. Tara Winters, Head of Global Managed Services at FIS, to speak to us on the topic of cloud considerations for capital market firms in Asia. Tara, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much. I'd like to cover our topics with you, but looking at it from several lenses, business, innovation, regulation, platforms, security, and finally, outlook for 2022. So if you don't mind, let's start off with the business side. Now, despite the current regulatory and economic environments, we are seeing an active capital markets, including mergers and acquisitions. What is spurring these activities? Well, we're definitely seeing uh, an increase in M&A and activity. And in fact, in 2020, we saw activity in Asia-Pacific in the financial sector increase by uh, to 255, which was triple prior years. And so what we've seen is that the pandemic has caused capital market firms to reassess their strategy and to accelerate their technology plans. And part of that has driven them to look at M&A. Um, we do believe that mergers and acquisitions will be an important part of of the overall economic uh, recovery and the demand and what's spurring some of this activity is that there's a backlog of M&A um, transactions due to the, the shutdown, the lockdowns that happened in the early part of 2020. Also, we're seeing that corporate investors as well as private equity firms have a lot of cash to invest because they've raised cash and they've also refinanced debt because of the low interest rates. And they're looking to spend this excess cash. Um, and then also because of the low interest rates, some of the traditional investments are are not as appealing. And so in a drive to achieve higher yields, many firms are looking at M&A activities. Um, we're also seeing that the capital markets firms are looking to accelerate growth and looking at M&A as an opportunity to, to grow into new markets, to open new geographies and to acquire new products. They're also looking at M&A to help to build scale. Given what happened over the last um, 18 months, many firms want to be sure that they have a sustainable model for growth going forward, and they believe that scale will help them to achieve that. And then we've also seen companies looking to digitize more broadly. So as you mentioned, um, there was a move to the cloud very rapidly. Obviously, as we were locking down and we had our employees have to work from home, there was this big shift to digitization and, and leveraging the cloud. Um, and so firms need to enhance their technology capabilities to be able to continue to support their customers, to attract new customers, and to continue to support um, work-from-home strategies activity to help them grow more rapidly. So many different factors at play here that are driving the activity in M&A. Uh, looking at it from an innovation perspective, do you see RegTech as meeting most of the compliance requirements of capital market firms in Asia, including more recent amendments by local regulators? 
Well, there's there's been significant growth in reg tech, but there are absolutely gaps that we continue to see that the reg tech vendors need to fill to improve their solutions. The global reg tech market looks like it's going to grow from about 6.3 billion last year to 16 billion by 2025, which is about 20% growth per year. We're seeing capital markets firm um, look at for advantages in reg tech to leverage new technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning to help adapt to new regulations that are coming out, um, as well as to address the fragmented regulatory environment in, in APAC overall. Um, we're seeing a reg tech solutions being leveraged for a, a, any money laundering activities, financial crime, know your customer, onboarding, that type of thing. So the regulators are definitely um, looking forward to having more reg tech adoption because it, it will give more accuracy and timeliness into regulatory reporting and uh, also to very time sensitive information that they're looking for um, for companies in their area. Uh, regulators also have a lot of concerns. We were mentioning just a moment ago about the work from home. And as there's been this move to work from home, there's definitely been a lot more concern around cyber crime. And so um, there are security concerns that the regulators have. Also that digitalization that we were just mentioning that's happened to be able to communicate to clients, to the end clients, there's definitely a concern about cyber crime there. Um, I saw a statistic that the, the annual cost of cyber crime in APAC is about 160 $60 billion. Uh, it's one of the most targeted areas because um, some of the firms don't have the right monitoring tools in place to discover re, um, breaches in a timely manner. So that's another area that companies will be looking at. From the banking capital markets perspective, it will help to streamline the reporting. Um, they'll get better oversight of data from RegTech and it'll help them to respond more quickly to new regulations. And we're seeing across a number of different countries in APAC new regulations that are coming out and encouragement from the regulators to move more to reg tech. Now, that being said, and the, the demand is definitely there, um, but there are a lot of challenges in implementing reg tech. There are the availability of reg tech solutions is, is one of the concerns where companies are unable to find suitable solutions or they're concerned about the vendors because perhaps they don't have a good track record or the local support that's required. So our own research shows that about 45% of banks um, said that the vendors can do a lot more to help support reg tech solutions. Uh, we also see really long sales cycle in the reg tech um, area um, based on the procurement requirements in the region. Um, there's an increase in IT and security approvals as you're looking at really sensitive areas around risk and compliance. And, and another challenge is that the reg tech solution is really only as good as the underlying data. So there, there's a move to make sure that the data that's going into the reg tech solutions is accurate. So we're seeing a lot of interest in reg tech. I would say that we it's not um, supplying a solution for all of the requirements. And there's certainly a lot of room for improvement in the RegTech solutions. Now, still on the topic of RegTech, are these changes that you're observing influencing the adoption of cloud and cloud-based managed services? Yes, I think that what we're seeing is that the regulators in general are looking to encourage cloud adoption, which is interesting. And it's certainly a trend that we're seeing on a global basis and specifically in, in Asia as well, with some of the regulatory authorities, including Hong Kong, which launched their inaugural RegTech adoption practice guide that I'm sure you're familiar with, and Singapore as well, looking for ways to encourage cloud adoption. And from our own research, what we've seen is that buy-side firms are looking to deepen their 
their reliance on private cloud for risk management and for regulatory reporting. Um, Sell-side firms are looking to prioritize the hybrid cloud for risk management and compliance management. And insurance companies are looking at hybrid cloud for risk management. So we're seeing a a lot of increase in the adoption around cloud in, in many areas. And certainly Asia Pacific is one of those areas as well. You mentioned a while ago, there's a question on maturity level for the providers and availability of the platforms, and we'll cover the platform separately. Are these issues around maturity skill sets, are these, should they be any concerns to both the sales side and the buy side looking to adopt a reg tech as a competitive advantage for them? I think that there is a need for upskilling in reg tech solutions and the knowledge around those as well as around the cloud. With the rapid move to the cloud through the pandemic, uh, many firms had to speed up their their leverage of cloud and and digital technologies. And because of that, there's a need to retrain um, team members or to look for um, expertise outside of the firm because many many companies were just not prepared for all of this to happen. It happened so quickly. And so I, I think that's a good point you're making, there's definitely some need for retraining and expanding knowledge within the organizations. Uh, Speaking of platforms, with regards to the cloud use among capital market firms, what would you say are the primary holdbacks of preventing leadership from moving forward? So there are some challenges, you know, as you pointed out, the move to the cloud is happening. It's growing very rapidly, but there's certainly some challenges that are holding back firms from moving forward and in a very big pace. One of the main ones is around cybersecurity. With the employees working from home, there's been an increase in malware and ransomware attacks. So that's certainly very concerning to, to capital markets firms, as well as to regulators. The computing has become so inexpensive that hackers have a lot more access um, to compute power than they did previously. Um, And one of the most common vulnerabilities that we see is around remote desktops. Um, And certainly that surged with the pandemic and the work from home. And uh, as we move forward, many firms are looking at a hybrid work model. And so they will expect that they'll continue to have um, some percentage of their employees working from home. And in fact, um, 72% of the leaders in Singapore indicated that they're adopting a hybrid work model. So there's definitely going to be a continued concern over um, cybersecurity. It's difficult for firms to secure employees that use their own devices. um, And when they're working from home, there's not that ability to oversee the controls as well as you can when employees are working in the office. Um, Also, some of the security strategies were not in place um, at the time, again, since we had to work from home so rapidly. So there's definitely a need to continue to look at the overall security strategy. There is another challenge that around security parity between the cloud and then on-premise um, uh, environments. And what's happening right now is that many firms want to move to the cloud, but it takes time. And they've got complex environments that they see because they've got some applications that are running on their on-premise environments and some that are running in the cloud. And those two environments are very different from each other and they require different security strategies. So we see um, companies being very challenged with um, making sure that their overall security framework and their security strategy and can encompass both of those types of environments. The cloud can change very rapidly. So a a traditional on-premise environment, there are changes, but they're not on an ongoing basis. And and generally the knowledge around, we're going to make an upgrade, we're going to replace out some of our servers, or we've got a new upgrade that's coming along is something that can be well-planned. In a cloud environment, there are changes going on all the time. And so it's something that's quite different for, um, for companies 
to consider. Um, when they're looking at security controls, would see companies starting to look at the roles and responsibilities in the organization. They need incident response protocols. They need a good solid plans around backup and, and restoring. It's one of the areas that we see a lot of focus in, in disaster recovery and, and business continuity planning. They've also got to look at how to secure portable media. Again, with work from home, it's less control that's in place. And so uh, working on having flash drives and that type of thing that are secured is a really important area um, for companies to look at. So we're seeing while there's a lot of positive areas in moving to the cloud, our companies can see flexibility, they can improve their overall resiliency, they can lower costs, they've got the scalability capabilities. And then the move to cloud gives companies the ability to pay for cloud on an OPEX basis versus CapEx. And through the pandemic, one of the things that we've seen is a lot of pressure put on capital budgets. So the trends are definitely there to move to the cloud, but uh, but companies are, are not moving as quickly as they may want to because of some of these cybersecurity challenges and the overall security parity, as well as the complexity of the environments when they're dealing with a hybrid model of some on-premise applications and some running in the cloud. Given the recent high-level ransomware attacks, right, what conditions should CIOs and CISOs at capital market firms address for business and compliance heads to be open to cloud-based strategies? Yes, it's it, it's such a good point. And you're right. I, I mentioned security a lot because it, it's what we hear from our clients and what we hear in the market overall is just this concern over security and, and moving into the cloud. And what is that going to mean? And certainly there's the trends are so strong and the advantages of moving to the cloud are so attractive. But really for um, CISOs and CIOs, what they what they want to take a look at is what's their overall security strategy and framework. And again, they need that in place to address all their environments for their legacy applications, on-premise, private cloud, public cloud um, environments. Um, they need to have a, a strong plan in place for patching and for upgrading software. As you mentioned, there are ongoing ransomware attacks and, and other types of cyber attacks. And so it's really important to always have the latest releases and the latest patching um, that's available from the providers. Another area that they should focus on is making sure that their employees are aware of some of the cyber attacks that are going on. And so it's important to train the team members, help them to avoid phishing attacks, you know, making sure that they're not clicking on links from external sources, um, making sure that they're just aware of what can happen and the damage that can occur to their firm if there is a cyber attack. And then it's also important to leverage internal risk teams and to have a risk team in place, as well as to leverage auditors and take full advantage of their experience from working with different firms. We also would encourage that they would have strong business continuity practices. And so that starts with planning and looking at what's the overall risk appetite by um, software application. What's the recovery timeframe that's required? Is it a, an application that is absolutely required to be up and running at all times? And so there's a very short time that can be applied for recovery. Or is it something that's used on a, on a different basis, maybe monthly? And so there's a little bit longer time to recover. So what's the appetite for risk, the recovery timeframe? Um, and then what are the backup methods and frequency? So in the ransomware attacks that we've seen, if there is a, a really strong policy around backups and uh, testing around the recovery, the impact is much lessened than it would be if there's not a strong method in place for backing up the applications and the data and the ability to recover those. Um, also important to limit the administrative rights that different employees have. So it's like on the least amount of access possible basis. So it might be a 
little counterintuitive, but it's really important to look and say for all the different applications that are being used, making sure that employees have access to only what's absolutely required can help to minimize some of the vulnerabilities. There's also a need to, once the plan is in place for business continuity, to test that plan, to simulate a disaster of sorts and uh, try different scenarios and prove that there's an ability to recover. And then that can help to show any vulnerabilities that continue to exist in the environment. Um, also, penetration testing can help to make sure that the right controls are in place. And then based on that testing, uh, refine the plans and change those as needed on a, again on a regular basis so that you always uh, are confident that the process is in place are latest. And then finally, I would say leveraging the appropriate tools for scanning and patching is very important. Make sure that you're upgraded to the latest releases, that you've got the right antivirus um, capabilities, as well as the, the strongest firewall possible. Finally, looking at Outlook, how do you see business and technology leaders at capital market firms in Asia continuing to address the uncertainties of the current environment that we are all in as they strive to resilience and growth? Yes, I think that, you know, certainly the pandemic showed how important it is to have resiliency and, and how can they improve the resiliency of their overall business. And then also, as we we're talking, how do we make sure that there's sustainable growth? And so regardless of, of what changes are coming in the future, uh, making sure that, that their businesses are um, set up in, in the strongest way possible to address those challenges. Um, so we expect to see a continued move to the cloud, as we were just talking. There's so many advantages to the cloud. And assuming that um, the right security measures are in place, we'll see clients continue to, to move to the cloud. It really helps to improve resiliency. You know, the cloud providers have the ability to back up in other regions. So even if there's a, a regional challenge, they've got a lot of capability to provide that comfort that you can be up and running in a very short period of time. We also expect to see a continued leverage of advanced technologies like AI, machine learning, big data. And that requires the cloud because those are very data intensive technologies. And so it really requires the scalability of the cloud to support those new technologies. And those new technologies are required for a number of different areas supporting growth of the industry, um, including the red tech uh, capabilities that we spoke about before. Uh, we're also going to continue to see a, a big expansion in digitization efforts. Again, as we don't go back to uh, everybody being in the office, and things continue to change, there's going to be a need for to reach out to existing clients as well as new clients, as well as to employees. And so there's a, a bigger shift going to online and migrating processes to the cloud in order to support the digitization efforts. Again, we're going to see the pivot to sustainable growth, looking at M&A and other ways to expand business models to make sure that there is a good mix of products and geographies that are supported in order to give that sustainable and then we expect that, that the financial institutions are, are going to continue to reassess their business models and their strategies, not just to improve resiliency, but also to look at how they can improve reliability and efficiency in their businesses. Um, I, we're seeing a move to focus more on core businesses. So some companies are looking to either divest areas of their business or maybe outsource areas of their business so they can truly focus on their own core um, solutions and their clients and how they can continue to drive innovative solutions into their customer base. Um, we're seeing a move to hyper-personalization. So as there's more competition um, going after clients, there's an ability to leverage information from customers 
to help address their needs as well as their future needs, ensure customer satisfaction, loyalty, and that type of thing. Um, and then one other trend that um, a mega trend that we're seeing uh, really globally is the ESG trend and, and how do companies take advantage of technology to help them to identify where they are in their ESG plans. Um, there's certainly a lot of, of looking at the overall environment and making sure that we're moving to more sustainability. And so those are all areas that I think will drive, continue to drive clients to advanced technology, um, which definitely means the cloud. Tara, as always, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Alan, thank you so much for the time. It was a pleasure speaking with you again. That was Ms. Tara Winters, Head of Global Managed Services at FIS, on the topic of cloud considerations for capital market firms in Asia. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.